0: SMC Podcast.
1: Welcome back to the SMC Podcast. My name's Jamin. I'm a pastor here in the Southern Michigan Conference of the Free Methodist Church. And uh, we are happy today to have with us Ashley Tom. Am I saying that right? You are. I work yes. with you constantly, <laughs> but I always thought it was Tom. And Tom then understand. I heard someone say Tom once. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and now I've just revealed to the whole podcast and to you <laughs> that I don't know your name after all this stuff. And Nancy Forney. And we've got you guys here to talk with us a little bit about uh, uh, some work that you guys are doing with foster kids. And this might be freshly on a lot of people's minds because the movie Shazam just came out. Did you guys see this?
0: Yes. I haven't yet. My teenage daughter took me to
1: see it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. I, I think... Last time I went to a movie, your teenage daughter was there.
0: Yeah, she's at the movies a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's good times. Uh, But yeah, Shazam, if you saw this at all, uh, you know, it gets a lot into kind of the foster kid system, which is really cool just to see, like, a superhero movie, which everybody's going to right now. Really bring that to the forefront. Uh, In fact, Zachary Levi, who kind of plays the part of Shazam in that movie, he's been tweeting a lot, I saw. And a lot of people in the foster kid system or affected by it in some way are just, like, so happy that, you know, it's just the light that they've painted it in and kind yeah. of brought light to that. They're so, the heroes, yeah, and so that's what we're doing right now. You guys are working with Coldwater Free Methodists to uh, partner with Royal Family Kids, and uh, yeah, let me just turn it over to you guys. Tell us a little bit about what you guys are up to.
2: Yeah, so uh, I want to start by telling you what Royal Family Kids is. So the primary purpose of Royal Family Kids is to give foster children ages 6 through 12 a week of positive memories and royal treatment in a Christian camp environment. Um, And so Royal Family Kids is a national organization based out of California. And um, we are partnering with them to plant this camp for Branch County.
0: And the mission of Royal Family Kids is really to transform communities by interrupting the cycle of neglect, abuse, and abandonment. That's really um, what they're all about. And, uh, you know, I mean, our nation, we spend hundreds of millions of dollars rehabilitating broken adults. And Royal Family Kids is about prevention and preventing that from happening while they're kids by providing them a place where they can come and just be kids for a week.
1: Yeah. And that's how long this works, right? I know Royal Family Kids does uh, things in different kind of ministerial ways, and this one's like a camp of this
0: sorts. This is a, f- a five-day camp, yes. And
1: what does that look like?
2: Okay, so um, a week at camp, it's uh, really we have our volunteers that go up on Sunday to a local camp and we set up and we get ready for them. Monday morning, foster parents and legal guardians are dropping off the kids at our sponsoring church. We are getting them registered. We get them to the camp. We give them a royal welcome and it's a week of just being treated royally, um, being able to just be a kid and have fun and... um, Yeah, just just giving them that safe environment and also an opportunity to share with them God's love.
0: Mm -hmm. And we um, provide different opportunities for them to have fun during the week. We have a birthday party. Um, A lot of these kids never really get to celebrate their birthdays. So we throw a birthday party um, midweek for everyone. And that's kind of a fun um, thing for them. We have a camp grandma and grandpa and a camp aunt and uncle. So we provide family um, for the kids and Um, one of my personal experiences when I was a camp counselor, um, when the kids arrived at camp, we had chapel immediately and, um, all of the staff was introduced to the kids and the director introduced grandma and grandpa to the kids and my little camper, um, when we went to activity time, immediately wanted to go to the mail center. We have a mail center because we try to make sure all the kids get letters during the week and she wanted to write a letter to grandma and she was seven years old and in her little seven-year-old writing, she wrote, Dear Grandma, I love you. And she had never met grandma before, but she saw that there was a camp grandma and she didn't have her own grandma and she just wanted to let grandma know that she loved her. So we provide a family atmosphere for these kids.
1: So you've camp counseled in this before then?
0: Ashley and I have both been counselors.
1: Okay. That's
2: yeah, that's how we got involved in the organization was back in Washington State. We worked with a um, camp that was planted through our church there um, in Paulsville, Washington. And that was an experience that really uh, turned into a passion and recon- recognizing the need uh, in this country for um, for this kind of program for foster kids. There's no, it's amazing how uh, there's just not a lot of these kinds of outlets and resources for foster kids. Um, and so being able to provide that and really being able to provide that through the church, there's not a lot of instances where the church and the state work together. Um, and this is one of those rare things where um, the state is willing to work with the church to provide this kind of experience for kids. Uh,
1: so I'm guessing... Uh, I'm just curious, the royal and royal family kids, is that, uh, you know, kind of like the implication of like the royal family of God or in some other way?
0: Well, yeah, the royal family of God. But uh, one of the um, things about royal family kids is we treat people royally. We Hmm. treat kids royally. So we roll out the red carpet for them. And uh, when they arrive at camp on the bus, it's one of the most— emotional experiences happens right off the bat um all of the staff and all the counselors gather to cheer each one of the kids on as they get off the bus and most of them are coming wide-eyed and a little nervous not knowing what to expect and most of these kids feel like a burden everywhere they go they're moved around from home to home and um oftentimes feel like they don't matter so when you see them getting off the bus and you see this big crowd of adults just cheering for them one at a time and counselors you know have signs with their names on them and clapping for them you you see kids who all of a sudden they're like wow this is a place where I matter and where I think I'm going to have fun and where I'm welcomed and wanted so it's just, it's kind of like we roll out the red carpet and we treat them royally right off the bat. And we try to give them a week of um, just fun experiences. We let them eat as much as they want to at meal times because a lot of them don't get seconds at meals. You know, when you have foster kids and don't have a lot of money, it's, it's kind of hard to, to let that stretch, you know, stretch that dollar. But we try to give them as many fun experiences and say yes to as many things as we possibly can throughout the week.
2: Yeah. And that brings up too something that um, Nancy had pointed out to me um, during one of our experiences at camp. One of her observations was um, how normal we think it is for someone to be excited to see you and how for my son, every time he walks into a room, everyone, oh, there he is. (laughs) And just excited. Whereas to think that a lot of these kids don't have that on a regular basis, people aren't always excited to see them and they are considered a burden or that how many people in their lives are paid to be with them and they're very aware of that you know and it when i was in training too one of the things they brought up is uh, a couple counselors had said oh the kids have asked me how much i'm getting paid to be here and i thought wow that's crazy that poor kid but then my first year camp i got asked that same question how much are they paying you to be here where that gave me the opportunity to say, I'm here because I want to be here. Nobody's paying me. I just wanted to spend the week with you. And it's those moments that we believe can really change a child's life and really give them a new idea of self-worth.
1: Uh, now, Nan- Nancy, I noticed and uh, you've got this necklace on. Here.
0: Yeah, it's a starfish. And I was given this starfish necklace after my first year volunteering, and, um, all the first year volunteers received a starfish as a way of saying thank you and it kind of goes along with the story um so there was once an old man who would go to the ocean and write and it was his habit to go for a long walk on the beach um every morning before he would do his work and uh one morning he went for a walk after a, a storm and he saw the beach littered with starfish as far as the eye could see in both directions and uh in the distance, he saw a boy approaching, and he noticed that every so often the boy would bend down and pick up a starfish and throw it back into the sea. And as the boy drew closer, the man called out good morning to him and asked what he was doing. And the boy answered and told the man that he was throwing starfish back into the ocean because after they're washed up, they can't return to the sea on their own. And after the sun comes out, in the heat of the day, they'll die unless they're thrown back into the water. And he was telling this to the old man, and he bent down to pick up another starfish, and the man said... There are thousands of starfish on this beach. I'm afraid you're not going to make much of a difference. And the boy threw the starfish into the water and smiled at the old man and said, I made a difference for that one. And that's the mission of Royal Family Kids is to make a difference in the lives of one child at a time. And um, the reality of foster care in America is that there are 44 443,000 children in foster care in the United States. And um, each year, the number keeps rising steadily. And when we hear numbers like that, it seems nearly impossible uh, that we might really be able to make much of a difference. But Royal Family Kids is all about making a difference in the lives of one child at a time. And we call those our story of the one. Or
2: Soto's. Soto, story yeah. of the one. Yeah.
1: Sounds like a Greek word. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the ancient Soto's. Yes. yes.
2: And I think everyone who um, I've talked to that have volunteered with Royal Family Kids, they um, at some point experience their Soto um, where they have a moment um, with one of their campers that really remind you why this is worth it and why this really makes a difference. Um, and so... One story that I like to tell would be my Soto, my first year working with Royal Family Kids as a counselor. Um, I had uh, the oldest girl in camp, um, and she walked off the bus with a huge frown on her face, walked right up to me, and said, I don't want to be here. They made me come here. I just want to go home. (laughs) And so, trying to keep it positive and with a big smile on my face, don't worry, we're going to have a great week. And let's go. And she reminded me immediately, I do not want to be touched. Nobody touches me. Okay, no problem. Let's go get your luggage. So throughout the week, that was a kind of a struggle is, um, you know, remembering even just when you're guiding kids towards lunch, you know, not to touch and to keep those boundaries, but also trying to encourage her to get involved in activities and have fun. And she was the one that wanted to sit out for everything. And it got to the point during the week where I'm just praying God help her to take something away from this camp. I was worried that her sitting out and I sat with her every time, but I was just so worried that she wasn't going to walk away with anything. Thankfully, the other girls in our cabin were very sweet and welcoming to her and just kept encouraging her to join in on things even though she refused and would sit out. That um, was Thursday, the day before the kids go home. Um, our cabin decided to participate in one of the obstacle courses they did and they invited Heavenly. I immediately expected there to be uh, no I'm going to sit out but she decided to join in. So I was kind of feeling like that proud parent moment where you're trying not to embarrass the kid or talk them out of it. But I was so excited to see her join in. So they completed the obstacle course and at Royal Family Kids, there's not really any win or losing activity so much as kind of everybody uh, gets to just enjoy the experience. So when they came through the obstacle course, we cheered them on. It was just a great accomplishment. And the girls started hugging each other. And so I started into panic mode because this (laughs) child did not want to be touched by anybody. And so I was just ready for whatever was about to come. Um, and she looked at me and I think she saw my worried face and she said, don't worry, they can touch me. They're my friends.
1: But you. and she, yeah, That's exactly what she said,
2: but you still can't touch me. And so I smiled. I said, okay. Um, and then it kind of transitioned into our tent time is what we called it. It as kind of chapel for the kids. And she was falling behind and I said, you know, hurry up, let's go or, you know, we got to make it and get our seats. And she kind of had this reflective look on her face and, and she looked at me and she said, I have friends. Like this was a, you know, something that she hadn't really had before. And so to recognize that in that moment, and I'm holding back tears, and yes, you do have friends, and just being able to kind of instill that, you know, you're worthy, you know, and you could tell she just kind of had that that struggle. And so this same girl who walked up to camp, uh, you know, not wanting to be there, not wanting to be touched, when she left, she gave me the biggest hug. She told me she loved me and she was hugging her friends and the foster parents were making play date plans. And so it's just those things that make you realize, you know, you don't know. And even if Heavenly hadn't had those moments, you know, where she, um, you know, had those breakthroughs, you'd never know really deep down where these, um, you know, moments are going to happen. So...
0: So uh, my story of the one um, happened my first year being a camp counselor as well. And I had two of the littlest girls at camp, um, six and seven years old. And the younger of the two was just, I mean, she ran everywhere she went. She was so energetic and um, she was bold and she would run out onto the basketball court with the boys and play basketball, you know, with the oldest boys. And she just um, had a lot of just enthusiasm and um, she would pick up rocks off the ground and she'd hand them to me and then she'd run and she'd make crafts and she'd hand me those things and I had to keep up with her all week so that was a lot and um, so I, I ended up like with an arm full of arms full of stuff and I'm thinking you know I'm a mom I raise kids and I used to tell my girls to that you need to be responsible for your things. And so I thought, I I can do this. So I tried telling her, you know, you need to to be responsible for your things. But she just, I mean, did not listen. There were way too many fun things to do at camp. And so she was just off handing me her stuff and running off. Um, Well, there were a series of Incidents that first day at camp. I mean, just behavioral things. And we have social workers at um, camp. We have a child care specialist. Um, each camp does that works with the state and has a file on each child. And if there are behavioral issues, um, they are kind of there to intervene and and help out. Um, so the uh, child care specialist told me um, that a lot of her behavioral issues were stemming from the fact that she had been sexually abused. And when she told me that, I was just heartbroken because, I mean, here she's just a baby. And she, I was thinking she's been through so much in her life and she's coming to camp just carrying so much. And so I remember just praying and asking God what to do and feeling like the Holy Spirit was telling me, just hold her stuff. Just she's here carrying a lot of stuff just hold it for her because this week she's here to just be a kid and so she needs to set her things down and just have fun for a week so you know that's what I did and and I kind of left feeling like I wasn't sure in the moment if I was really making a difference in her life but after I left I realized you know she just she needed somebody to to just be there for her and just hold her stuff while she could run and and have fun and be a kid for a week. There is a million stories we could
2: tell coming from this camp. And just um, going to, con- we went to a LIFT conference, which is for leaders with royal family kids, and you hear stories from other camps. Um, but one we heard um, this last, uh, was it last weekend? Anyway, we went to our leadership conference. There was a story uh, from another camp where there was a, um, a boy at camp that had night terrors, and every night um, he would be speaking things that, you know, you know, came from trauma, uh, things that had happened, trauma-based night terrors. And so, you know, stop, you know, don't hit me. Things like that were coming out of his mouth in the middle of the night. And so um, towards the end of camp, they noticed that his night terrors, they changed the things he was, he was still talking in his sleep, but it turned into him repeating the camp songs and God loves me, I'm a child of God. And just speaking that, um, and that was just... A great example of, um, you know, wanting to speak life back into these kids and change the stories, rewrite the stories of trauma and abuse to change the trajectory of their lives. And instead of, you know, this, you are what happened to you because you're not, you're a child of God and you have, um, you know, an inheritance in the kingdom of God.
1: So you guys have done this before in the past, and uh, now you live in good old Michigan, which hope you're settling into our seasons here, or whatever you might call that. <laughs> um, and you're bringing it a little bit with you because you, you did this in Washington, Washington mm-hmm. before. So uh, now that you're here, you're bringing it into cold water. What uh, kind of got you guys started? Was it just that pass that you already had with it? or?
0: Well, when I came to Michigan... Um, I realized that I went on the website and saw that there were only five camps in Michigan. I actually went to, um, Ashley was still living in the Seattle area, and I went out to visit her because um, she was having a baby and um, wanted to be there for that. So while I was there, it just so happened that there was a conference for Royal Family Kids and it happened to be at the church that I grew up in as a child. And I thought, well, how awesome would it be to go and see the team that I used to work with at my church that I grew up in that I haven't been to in a long time. And so I went to the conference and while I was there um, at the opening session, there was, um, they had a list of the top 15 states that are impacted by Royal Family Kids. And I just noticed that Michigan wasn't on the list. And I just had a moment where I knew that um, I was there for a reason. And I felt like the Lord was telling me that's that's what you're supposed to do in Michigan. So I, I went back and I researched the website a little bit. And um, I researched, you know, foster kids and how many camps there are in Washington State. There are 12 at the time. There were 12 camps. There are 13 now. And there are 3,454 foster kids in Washington. Michigan has about 3,800 foster kids and only a third of the number of camps. And so I realized that the need here was great. So um, I... Um, just through a series of conversations, got connected with Coldwater, Free Methodist Church, um, who their church has a mission of reaching the least, the last, the lost, and the left behind. And that describes uh, royal family kids, the foster kids that they reach. And so um, we are partnering with them to to start uh, camp number 388.
1: And a lot of the kids who are going to be coming to this camp you're doing, are they from all around Michigan or?
2: So specifically for this camp, we will be reaching foster kids in Branch County. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been working with Branch County DHHS to uh, get kids registered.
1: Nice. Yeah, it's always cool. Like you said, you know, church and state sometimes has a harsh separation line. And it's cool when you find ways that you can work together. Um, and I know a lot of people when they hear these kinds of stories you know they, they start get interested in becoming foster parents themselves or tossing around ideas or getting involved in ministries like this first off do you guys have everything that you need for this event or are you still looking for more help
0: no we um, it costs about uh, six hundred dollars to send a foster kid to camp and we've raised about four So if we want to send 35 kids to camp, which is our goal for our first year, we still need about $6,000. So we're well on our way. And, um, you know, hopefully, by the time we're done with all of our fundraisers, we will have reached that goal. We have a campground. And um, right now, our biggest need is volunteers, because I think we've got five volunteers, which means 10 kids can come to camp so far.
2: And you're talking about counselor volunteers. Counselor we volunteers have five yes. counselors, so really the amount of kids we can tell DHHS we can take is centered around how many counselors we can get. For every counselor, we
0: can bring two kids to camp. And also all of the volunteers we have right now are females, so that means no boys can come to camp at this point. We need male volunteers so that we can have both boys and girls at camp.
1: Is that something anyone can volunteer for absolutely. or reach out for
2: If, if you, they have availability for August 11th through 16th and they're willing to come out to Coldwater, Michigan, we would absolutely accept their help.
0: We uh, There is an age requirement. You have to be at least 18. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. And there is also um, an intensive uh, background check as well as training that they will need to go through to be a part of our camp. Um, but. I've told all of our volunteers, if your heart is there and you're willing to take that uh, step of faith, um, you know, we would work with you to get you uh, trained and and everything that you need.
1: Mm -hmm. Awesome. And if people wanted to give money towards this, do you have any online type things or somewhere they can send a check?
2: Um, You will need to make the check out to Coldwater Free Methodist Church and in the memo line be specific that you want it to go towards Royal Family Kids um, and that is one way you can donate. Um, another way would be to just reach out to Nancy or I directly, and we can help navigate those funds as well.
1: Awesome.
2: One thing that we've been telling people um, as well is, um, you know, we welcome volunteers and we welcome uh, funds, but something everyone can do uh, for us is pray. Um, So we definitely believe in the power of prayer, and honestly, God has just been providing for us each step of the way. And so although we are, um, you know, looking for volunteers and we are on a, on a timeline we know god's going to provide and we've been trusting in him for that and so we could just use prayer uh, for that we will get all our resources funds and volunteers but also praying for the hearts of these kids that god knows who's going to be at camp and that their uh, hearts would be open to receiving what god has for them there and for our volunteers um to that God would prepare prepare their hearts and give them the words to speak and the ears to listen and the hands to hold their things, you know, and just um, being there at camp. So um, we would just ask everyone to partner in prayer. If you would like to pray for us during camp, we have um, uh, if we could get your email, we can send you actual names of uh, counselors and campers to intercede on behalf of, um, and we'd be happy to do that. So you can actually email us at Coldwater. At royalfamilykids.org, um, and we'd be happy to sign you up for that uh, for that prayer team.
0: We there are specific um, jobs that are open and available at camp. We still need a child um, specialist, a specialist mm-hmm. and uh, a camp coach. We need a music leader. We need. Uh, I mean, there are a variety of volunteer positions that aren't counselors. Um, there are, are there also staff positions that um, that would just require being at camp to help uh, relieve staff during staff breaks and that kind of thing? Um, so it's not, we don't only need counselors. We need to fill lots and lots of positions.
2: Absolutely. And if this is something, too, that, um, you know, as you're listening and, and maybe God's planning in your heart or you can't make it to cold water, but, man, your church could do this. This is something that you feel, uh, you know, could happen in your area. I would encourage you to reach out to us, and we'd be happy to pray with you about that and give you resources. You know, this is our apostolic initiative. I know it's not, uh, Royal Family Kids is not denominationally based. However, Um, Our vision is for Southern Michigan, that this would become a movement, that we can, uh, this camp would be contagious and that we would see camps all over Southern Michigan and maybe even within our free Methodist denomination that our churches, more and more of our churches would get on board to provide this outreach to youth as, and and as a prevention, you know, to build strong men and women in our community. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I've heard a lot of uh, great uh, ministries that have been aimed at this over the years on radio. I've interviewed a few different foster care systems. Uh, We have a place in Jackson that had this whole kind of crash course about getting all the churches in Jackson to start uh, trying to promote these kinds of things. And you can see that uh, one of the things that you can see in all these places I've been, anyone who's been helping with foster kids, oftentimes they go in thinking like, oh, is this going to be hard? Is it going to be a lot? And sometimes that might be the case, but they always seem to come out the other side saying this is worth it. Uh, I Absolutely. know we've got one worship leader in our uh, Free Methodist Church in New York who, since the day he started fostering, is just constantly <laughs> making some post about it and <laughs> how how much he loves it and how much their family keeps changing in size from time to time. But it um, sounds uh, very rewarding, and as you guys have already Shown with the experience that you have, uh, it seems to be the same for you. You know, you get yeah, in, you're like, absolutely. all right, it's going to be a little difficult to try to break through. And, mm-hmm.
2: and uh, Well, I think a common thing that people walk into this with is, um, you know, kind of your prayer, God help me know how to minister to these kids. But you walk away with it ministered to. I mean, 100% of the time, you you know, God really works in your life through this. And uh, it's been very rewarding for us. I mean, clearly it's become our passion. And uh, we hope to ignite that passion in others as well.
1: Yeah. And so, everybody listening, we uh, just encourage you to take part in this—not just apostolic initiative in your own way, but even this, you know, prophetic exhortation, as the prophets are always calling us to the the least of these, the widows, the orphans, um, the foster kids have obviously been through a lot, uh, as seen in the stories you've already heard, and if you check out some of the videos from. Um, from Royal Family Kids. You'll see uh, uh, plenty more stories there of just what they've been through and, and uh, really a lot of common themes running throughout it. So uh, get involved in your own way. Uh, we would love to hear what you're doing as you kind of uh, take this and let it inspire you. So shoot us an email, let us know how it's going as uh, you continue in this direction. And we look exci- uh, excited. We look excitedly forward. <laughs> to hearing the stories that come out of this camp and what you guys are doing in cold water. So thanks for talking with with us. Thank you for having us. (laughs)
0: Podcast.